Hello, and welcome to Backyard Catch Podcast. This is Nick Roby once again. We are joined by a, a good friend of mine, his first time on the podcast, but I'm super excited to have my good friend Chad on here. Chad, how's it going? It's great. Just over here trying to, uh, you know, shelter in place and do my part uh, to keep the country safe. But uh, man, real excited, uh, real thankful that I get to be part of Backyard Catch. So appreciate you having me on, Nick. Yeah, man. Uh, love it. Uh, Chad and I, uh, we used to work together in, for, in a former life of mine, and we always uh, had a great time together. Um, despite our sports affiliation differences, I feel like we've become we've fought through it and be able to come be friends through that. So that's. Been I great. mean, you know, to be clear, we weren't exactly, you know, we're not like arch rivals, you know. So <laughs> yeah. for, for the for the folks out there in podcast land, it's not like we had to overcome, you know, decades of. Uh, anger and uh, frustration at each other's fan bases so uh, but yeah no i know we always enjoyed talking sports together and yeah. uh, i'm so, hoping that's more what this will be oh absolutely um so obviously guys um if you're listening to this you're probably as starved for sports as we are um this has not been the best season for when your hobby is watching sports so we've been come to uh series premieres of sports documentaries from the 90s and watching old playoff games and even i even reached a point where i was watching uh for a little bit the nba 2k players tournament they were playing no you weren't i was for like i was for like 20 (laughs) minutes and i was like it just it just got to that point chad i just i feel like i needed to share that just publicly so get it out there yeah and bad so i guess i say that all to say is that Chad and I were just texting a bunch because we're both um, huge college football fans. And as it, it almost just feels like when you're college football fans with the NFL draft, obviously that just happened. That's the big sports thing that has happened. It's like watching people you've known for years and you're just watching them graduate and go off to their, to their next life. And so we just thought, Hey, let's talk about NFL draft and just dive into it. Um, so Chad's been really gracious and wanting to jump into that. Um, but before we do that, um, I thought it'd be fun if Chad, if you could just give like a little bit of just some sports background for you, I guess, just what's, what teams you like, what, um, did you grow up? Did you go up playing any sports specifically or any, just kind of some history for, um, what your background is with all this? Yeah, man. Uh, well, grew up, um, a second generation uh, Buckeye. Uh, my dad went to Ohio State and I ended up going up, going there. And uh, so that's always been a real big part of my life and our lives. Just literally uh, anything Ohio State, anything Scarlet and Gray, uh, I can't get enough of it. So um, if that makes you turn off this podcast right now, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I apologize for some of our fans, but uh, hopefully you'll find me to be a little bit more agreeable and uh, level-headed than, than some of our folks. Uh, but, hey, we've all got them. Um, but I'm a pretty regional sports guy, right? Like, I don't uh, – I know there's a lot of folks out there, right, that, that uh, depending on when you grew up, uh, it didn't matter what area of the country you were, you know, you'd be like a Cowboys fan because you started liking the NFL in the 90s or, you know, you were a, a, you know, a Bulls fan, but you didn't live anywhere near Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. I'm very, very regional. So I am a long-suffering Bengals fan. 
long-suffering Cincinnati Reds fan. Uh, obviously, Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, because we don't have an NBA team in Southwest Ohio. And uh, But then also, I just love my Dayton Flyers. Uh, they're probably my second favorite basketball team behind the Buckeyes. And I'm so, so heartbroken about the the March Madness tournament because I am 1000% convinced that they were going to bring home the title this year. Uh, yeah, so they, they had a very good shot. That was kind of bummed for teams like Dayton where it's like, this is like, they were going to be really good. I was really excited to see them. Yeah. I mean, one of their only two losses was to, uh, you know, what probably would have been the number one overall seed and it was in overtime, you know, to Kansas. So uh, I think they had a pretty good shot at, at cutting down the nets. But, uh, yeah, so that's kind of me. I mean, I grew up playing soccer and baseball uh, a lot and, you know, dabbled in golf and other such things. And um, But, uh, yeah, man, I, uh, I've, been a, I've been a high school coach for a long time, coached track and field and coached football. Uh, and so kind of all over the place, man. But, um just love sports. They've just always been kind of a, a big part of life and, and, uh, and who I am. Uh, so yeah, that's me. That's me in a nutshell. There you go. I love it. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, that's, uh, I love that you're, uh, so regional with your sports because I, I guess I'm kind of like that too, but I just appreciate about you that you definitely cheer for your teams. It's not like, uh, like all these teams that are really good that you end up liking or like you just, they're your, they're your team. And it, it, it may, I feel like it makes it that much sweeter. Um, just getting to see that. I, I think I feel that a little bit just with being a Baltimore Orioles fan. Um, mm-hmm. just like, that's your team. <laughs> you, just, you just rock with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the funny part about this too is cause I'm a Clemson fan. Um, if you're just tuning into some of these later episodes. So I went to Clemson uh, as well. So Clemson and Ohio State have had a little bit of history, definitely more recently. Um, much more recent, yeah. Much more recent. Um, <laughs> and, but then I also, my, uh, my mom went to Michigan. So I grew up rooting for Michigan too. So it just, it's kind of this funny double-sided of just having, and then we have common friends who are also Ohio State fans. So just, it's interesting to see like um, all these different things. But then like, uh, I used to live in, in the Charlotte area and you just see a lot of like UNC fans. So it's just, it's, or just all these different eclectic fan bases. And Chad and I were even talking about before we got on here. It's just interesting to see dynamics, especially like a bigger city, like a Charlotte, like what kind of brings them in and just seeing all these different fan bases. It's just interesting to, to talk, think about um, people moving yeah. to an area and you're used, you're used to like being around the same fan bases like your fan base pretty much or like local fan bases and then you have this interesting mix of that so that's why i also just it's just gonna be fun to hear all these different your perspective on some of this kind of stuff too because obviously like we, we each have our own bias towards like what we watch and what we know and the teams we cheer for but yeah i think it's gonna be fun i was gonna say it's funny you say that i remember very distinctly uh i was new to the charlotte area as well and went to uh, Hickory Tavern on a Sunday afternoon to go watch the Bengals with a couple of my friends. And we counted uh, in our time of watching the Bengals game and then staying for a little bit of the, of the next 
the later afternoon round of games. In our time there at Hickory Tavern, we saw represented 26 of the 32 NFL teams. That's uh, incredible. In it was wild. I've never seen anything like that before. It was crazy. I I believe it. Um, I feel like the NFL is probably the most – it might be the most uh, sports league where your fan bases can be from all over the place. Like you mm-hmm. might not necessarily – you know, you might not be from the area. A lot of people are, but it's not – like baseball is more regionalized. But NFL um, is definitely all over the place. So we got your Bengals. So I'm sure this is going to be a fun draft for you because, I mean, your Bengals are the number one overall pick. I mean, it kind of felt like it was it was Joe Burrow's thing anyway. We can kind of dive into that now just because there's a lot of fun things to talk about it. I guess just kind of we can start off there. I mean, what, what's been your thoughts of, like, knowing for a while that probably that's who they were going to pick, like, so I guess like maybe you can give like your pre, during, and post of just the Joe Burrow or the Joe Exotic era that's going to be fondly known as. Yes, yes. The new Tiger King in Cincinnati, uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, it's an interesting thing. I um, having, like I said, being a high State guy, I haven't watched him uh, when he was in high school in Athens, Ohio, and um, was was crushing it as a, as a high school senior, and he finally got that offer for Ohio State. Didn't get the offer to Nebraska twice. Uh, you know, uh, they also did not want him when he got – when he went to transfer. And uh, and I, be, I remember being really, really pumped that he was going to be a part of our program and saying, I think this kid is going to be really good. Uh, that's not to say that I'm, you know, some sort of football savant, but, you you know, you kind of looked at him and you went, he, he's got the production, he's got the swagger, he's got the leadership, um, he's a coach's son. And, uh, and I think, you know, he's, he's going to be successful in, in whatever he does in football. So I was pumped uh, to have him in Columbus. And I know that I was uh, right there with, with pretty much all of the Ohio State fan base that were cheering him on from afar when he went to LSU. Um, even this whole past football season was really weird uh, for Ohio State fans, I think, um, in a good way, right? Like to watch our team do so well. Um, with a transfer quarterback, but, but see a guy that was, you know, transferred out of Ohio state for more playing time, do so well, and then win a Heisman and win the national championship with LSU. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, so to, to see him come home and get a chance to kind of come home um, is I think a pretty cool thing. Um, honestly, as a Bengals fan then though, right? Like uh, it's a little different. We went two and 14 last year. We were horrible. Uh, the two wins that we had, we probably should not have had. We shouldn't have been 0-16. We were so, so bad. Uh, and when you're that bad, you need more than just a amazing quarterback, right? Like you have yeah. so many holes to fill all over that roster. And, uh, and so I think I was really torn, honestly, uh, leading up to the draft. And even as that clock is ticking and the card had not been turned in yet, uh, going, okay, are we going to trade down? Are we going to, you know, get more picks? Uh, are we going to let somebody else have Joe Burrow and not roll the dice, right? Like the, the, the history is not there for number one overall quarterbacks to win Super Bowls. Um, and obviously we all want to win a Super Bowl. We don't want to just play in it. Um, so, 
you know, the, the history is not there. And so going, knowing that and being a little superstitious, right? Because if we're, for all sports fans, we all got a little superstition in us. But uh, ultimately, I think I'm, I'm, I'm excited, uh, Nick. I'm, I'm pumped about Joe Burrow. Uh, I, uh, I have ordered my Joe Burrow, uh, you know, Joe Exotic T-shirt already uh, in Bengals colors. And, and I'm ready to rock and roll with this kid. Um, I think – you know, he has got a chance to be uh, a really, really successful quarterback in the NFL. And he's got a quarterback coach as his head coach in Zach Taylor, uh, who did good things with Jared Goff, obviously, in L.A. Um, I don't know. Uh, that, that would be the full gamut of emotions right there. There you go. I went all over the place. No, I, I love it. I, I, I mean, I feel that the Bill's honest to me. I think that's the, the hard part is when you're in these higher positions – the question always is, do you take the top, one of the top guys, or do you try to go for more draft capital, saying that we're going for more, maybe if the players aren't as good, but you're getting more the number. And I think they just felt like he was their guy. I mean, he was he was good. He was killing us, something. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're in good. It'll be, I'm excited to see he is getting drafted. Let's just say that. Um, no, I love it. So there you go. I mean, yeah, Joe Burrow went number one overall. Um, I guess just as before we can keep going, um, what did you think about the the whole draft setup before we get too deep into it? What did you think of just the virtual video oh, call slash like just them them putting this whole thing together? Honestly, I loved it. Um, I think it, you know, it was really it was really great to see, uh, you know coaches and um, GMs, families, being with them and hanging out while they did this whole thing, um, you know, and, and, and I, I thought it was just a really good change up. Um, you know, there were some pretty funny moments. Uh, Roger Goodell, uh, obviously the commish, um, you know, he, he kind of was all over the place and, um, you know, you, you can find some pretty funny videos of him out there right now. Uh, and and I laughed pretty hard. But, uh, no, I, I thought it was great. Um, and like you said when we started, this was something we all needed. We all needed this. So uh, I, thought it was, I thought it was really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I, there, I mean, I think there's nitpick things with it for sure. But, but I think the fact that we still had the draft and it felt pretty normal – other than you're just not in this big arena, so you don't hear like a big like crowd being excited for these picks. Like other than that, like buzz behind it, I think that was kind of weird for me at first, just when it mm -hmm. just felt very quiet um, and seeing draft picks very casual on a delayed screen. Um, but other than that, I thought they did an excellent job, all things considered. I think, and then Goodell definitely gets an A for effort. He definitely. The only thing that they definitely should have changed, and, uh, and I'm going to go ahead and pin this one on ESPN, uh, and most people probably know what I'm going to say, but uh, just the, the human interest side of, of every pick, I mean, I think, they, I think they tried to manufacture awful things about every player's life. I mean, they went, they went on deep dives, and I think they wanted to make us try and cry every single pick. And, uh, and it just was a little ridiculous. <laughs> um, you know, don't spend the 30, first 30 seconds after a guy gets picked telling me about, you know, this really hard time when he was, 
uh, you know, in high school or, or elementary school or whatever. Tell me how he's going to fit with my team uh, and then tell me about, you know, what he's overcome. But uh, that, again, like you said, that's nitpicking for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There are kind of awkward ones. There, there, there's some good stories in it. Um, but, yeah, there, there are some funny moments in that. And then Goodell, like, talking about the booing, I think that was kind of interesting. Like him, like, trying to get the fans, like, that were there on the video camera, like trying to, he was like encouraging them to boo. Oh man. Can we talk about how he might actually be the most awkward human being on the face of the planet? I don't, I don't get it. I, I think it's almost just like, he's just in this like web of trying. So like, he's just, he wants it. You can tell he wants to like do well, but it's just awkward. And it's almost yeah. just like, it's almost just like steering to like, he's just the awkward uncle and just like steering to that. <laughs> and just like, just have fun. A jar of candy. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> it's just hilarious. Um, but yeah, no, me too. I thought overall it was really good. Um, so did you have any more Burrow thoughts before we, we keep moving on? I mean, just, uh, again, I, I've, I've gone from uh, not sure if I should be excited to, you know, superstitious to all those things, but to be, be really pumped. And I think, you know, just to, to touch on it quickly, you know, drafting T. Higgins, one of your Tigers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at the top of the second round, man, that is a phenomenal move by the Bengals. And it gives Burrow, you know, um, an incredible target. And it gives the Bengals, uh, you could make the argument that they have the most talented wide receiver room in, in the NFL um, with the addition of Higgins. So uh, when healthy, of course, obviously. Um, you know, if you've got John Ross healthy, you've got AJ Green healthy, you know, you have Tyler Boyd, Alden Tate, and then you add T. Higgins to that mix. Um, that's a pretty strong uh, uh, top five wide receivers yeah. the Bengals can roll out there. No, I, I agree. I thought for me, obviously, as a Clemson fan, I'm, I'm pretty pro T. Higgins, but I, I thought that was a great pickup, and I thought the, the pairing of the two, I think, are going to be great because I got T's strength is he's not as much of a burner as in he can catch in traffic. He mm-hmm. can high point the ball. Um, I would say a similar style to DeAndre Hopkins, a little bit different, but just that sense of for a, a rookie quarterback, having guys like that, you can trust. And then AJ Green, a veteran, you don't have to, you can just put it into their area code and know that they're going to take care of the rest of it. Um, Absolutely. I, th- I think, Absolutely. The in- and I think the interesting thing for me is what are the, what's the Bengals style offense? Do they switch to a little bit more of a spread, spread out four wide style that LSU was really going after, or do they do the more traditional, um, have a couple more tight end sets and some of those kind of things. That's, that's the interesting thing for me is like, what's the style? Cause Joe's playing both, but obviously a lot more successful in the second. But then he's, he was also a lot more comfortable. Right. So, yeah, I think it would be really interesting to see it. You know, I think he, he played in a pretty wide-open offense in high school. Um, and obviously as they uh, – Joe Brady opened it up even more so at LSU, he saw even, even more success. I would imagine, um, you know, thinking back to Zach Taylor on the Rams, um, they played a pretty wide-open offense then. Uh, you know, when they, when they had that really successful season and, and I would imagine that is what he would want to do with the Bengals. Um, I know the AFC North obviously is a, 
traditionally a, a rough and tumble, you know, pound the ball between the tackles and, um, you know, your wide receivers are, are just as good of blockers as your, as your, uh, bookend tackles are. But, um, but I think, I think, you know, the, the, the game is changing and it's evolving. Um, and the NFL is always the slowest level to evolve. But I think with these pieces, you've got to imagine that Taylor is going to open this thing up and let Burrow sling it all over the yard um, and have some of that uh, Steve Young, uh, those comparisons, uh, you know, really, really come to life there. So I think it's great. No. A plus for the Bengals on that one. Oh, absolutely. I, I think you just got to roll with it after that. Um, so we can, we can move on. Um, Washington was up next, and they picked your boy Chase Young, defensive end Ohio State, who mm-hmm. I'm sure you're – how do you feel about that? How do you feel about him going to Washington? Well, you know, I think you've got to love that uh, a kid gets to kind of go home, right? You know, he's from the Maryland area, and uh, same as Dwayne Haskins. And so um, back-to-back first rounds, the Redskins take Ohio State players and guys that are from – that area. And, uh, and so, you know, I think Chase uh, consensus most talented player in the draft. Um, I'm a big believer that you build your championships through really strong line play. Um, And, and so when you've got a guy that can affect the passer and is is strong against the run game, right? Like he's not just a pure pass rusher, but, but he plays the run really well. And um, I think, you've got a really strong defensive line there in Washington. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, they have four first round defensive line picks in the last four drafts. Uh, And so theoretically, you know, the the Redskins should have the most talented defensive line in the league. Um, But, you know, I think this kid's great, um, high character kid. uh, And, and I would say, you know, his work ethic is is second to nine. Um, the interesting thing is, is, and you know, I, the one thing that, that maybe you could nitpick on him uh, would be that, you know, in his last three games against the team up north in the Big Ten Championship and then in the, uh, the game against Clemson, no quarterback sacks. Um, he obviously affected the pocket in other ways, but no sacks. And, uh, and so, you know, those were – arguably three, you know, three of the most talented teams that the Buckeyes played that Chase Young had to play against. And, um, and they kind of neutralized them from that perspective. So, you know, I think he, he has a really high ceiling. I think he, he has a, a bit more of a potential bust factor. I'm not calling him a potential bust. I'm just saying, you know, there, there's a little bit of, hmm, okay, well, something to watch there. But, uh, Again, love them. Not sure that they could have gone really any other direction there. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a, you know, solid pick. Makes sense. Yeah, I I agree. Um, just to reiterate, I think with Washington, the, the position they're in with Ron Rivera going up there, which that – I still feel a little weird about it, that he got let go from the Panthers. But, um, <laughs> but I think he just picked best player available. And even though they had – they were deep already – um, I think you just, I think you just go best player. Um, and there's nitpick things with Chase Young, but I mean, he's an animal. And I think the fact of how much teams have to plan around him, it's almost like when you have to plan against a really good corner, uh, 
it shuts down that half of the field. And if, if the numbers don't show it, you have to think about where they are in every play. And that, and I think that can, like you're saying, that can really affect the game. Um, and so, I mean, even just to keep, keep it going, we have another Ohio State player in Jeff Okuda, cornerback, went to Detroit. So within the first three picks, I know you're pretty excited about this, we have former Ohio State from Ohio, and then Ohio State, Ohio State. So really this first part of the draft is really just you guys just uh, dying the eye, scripting the O, you know, so. Nick, quick uh, trivia question for you. Of those three players, Joe Burrow, Chase Young, Jeff Okuda, which one of those three uh, has earned his degree from Ohio State? I believe it's actually Joe Burrow. Correct. There we go. Okay. I thought I saw that. Yeah. (laughs) Chase and Jeff both left after the third year in college, but Joe graduated after three years. So, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, all of in any any big program, right? You're, you're Ohio State, you're, you're Clemson, you're Alabama, you're LSU, you're, you know, I mean, Oklahoma, USC, whatever. Like, you want the draft to be, you know, basically a, a three hour or three day commercial for your team. Um, and it was a pretty strong start for, for the Buckeyes in that. But, um, you know, the thing that sticks out to me about Okuda is, um, that he probably has the the highest uh, floor, um, I would say, of of any of any player, um, you know, at, at the at the top of the draft. Like he's the guy that uh, was was had had no bust potential, I would say, um, and uh, and is is going to be a successful starter for a long time, um, and has Pro Bowl written all over him, you know. Um, I think he was by far the safest pick uh, that that anybody could have made. Um, I wouldn't have even uh, – I would have been fine with the Bengals taking Okuda at number one um, because of, of what he can do. Like you said, you got a guy like him, shuts down one side of the field. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, even looking into his numbers, like his numbers went down this past year, but it's because people stopped throwing to him. I think that's what corners' mm-hmm. numbers can be very skewed because they stopped throwing to that side of the field because they were – scared of him i think the question i want to ask you though in this is this was i mean the first two felt more pretty straightforward but starting at three and definitely into four was where we started getting into the okay do do teams trade down do they trade up detroit has a lot of needs and while corner is really big they just lost darius slay right i feel like they've got a lot of needs would you have thought of that they would have traded down because I guess I was kind of – I was prepared for them to have traded down and still got no CUDA. I thought it was a definite possibility. And I think if um, if they had traded down, I think you would have you would have seen a CUDA potentially slide all the way down to seven uh, at the Panthers there. Um, but uh, – and not that that is much of a slide, but, you know, um, yeah, I, I was a little surprised that the Lions didn't uh, trade back. Um but, uh, I, you know, again, I think you, you, you take a guy like that and then you just literally don't have to worry about one half of the field uh, in the passing game. And you just go, great, what else do we need to focus on? Because now we've got that, that box completely checked, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I think, again, I think they're just kind of going to – they're going to pick their guy and that's what they want and just roll, roll with it. Um, 
So we can keep moving on. Um, there's just a lot of players to talk about as we're just wanting to keep it going. Yeah. We have the Giants next. And this is the part, I think, for a lot of us, we, we knew we, we kind of knew the first three. But right yeah. here is where it starts getting interesting. And this is where when you look at all the mocks, starting at pick four is where it gets interesting. And the Giants with an Andrew Thomas offensive tackle from Georgia. So I think it's not the fact that they went tackle – or because it was either defense or it looked like maybe an offensive lineman. Um, but it was interesting that they picked Thomas. I don't think he was rated as high as some other players originally. What are, you, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, on? no, and, and that's the thing, right? Like I found myself as I was kind of thinking through this, watching the draft, and, and then, you know, kind of recapping it in my own head. Like there weren't many guys in this first round that I felt like, oh, that, that is a reach. That is a bad pick right? Like it didn't even really feel like there was many of that. Um, and, I, and so I don't feel like that, that way with Andrew Thomas. I think he's a really good player. I think he's going to be a solid uh, starter uh, for, for some time for the Giants. Uh, maybe he doesn't make uh, many Pro Bowls, if any, but you know, he, he's going to be a position on the line that they're not going to have to worry about, is my guess. Uh, however, I don't think that he uh, is as good as someone like uh, Jedrick Wills from Alabama. Uh, I, I definitely would have taken him over Thomas in this spot. Um, I know, you know, Isaiah Simmons uh, also was widely mocked to be uh, the fourth pick, and the Giants certainly could have used uh, another playmaker on defense. But uh, I do think, you know, you've got to do something to protect your uh, your franchise quarterback, Daniel Jones, from last year, and uh, I mean, your franchise running back and, and Saquon. Um, and so I think, yeah, going offensive line was the right choice. I'm just not sure I would have gone with uh, with Thomas here. But, again, time will tell, and, and, and he can be totally fine. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the big thing with just I, – I agree with absolutely with what you're saying, and just a small thing. I think that's the big thing with offensive linemen. It's a very – you can scout uh, as you want, but um, – it's a very much like a, an educated guess. I feel like with offensive linemen, until you actually yeah. get them into your system and go, it, it's just hard to know. But I mean, guy from Georgia, I'd say as good as good as any probably. Um, this and here's this, the thing with the Giants, right? Like they knew they were picking fourth. They obviously did their homework, right? Like it's not like they were had, had their offensive tackle taken from them that they thought they were going to get. Uh, you know, Thomas was apparently their guy. So. Like, you, you know, what you just said about him fitting into their system, hopefully they've done their homework well and um, and they know what they're doing and, and that he was the right guy um, for their offense. So, yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Um, all right, so five to Miami, and now we get a little interesting. We get uh, Tua Tagovailoa. I'm assuming I'm saying that right. Uh, <laughs> quarterback Alabama. Um, Tua is probably the most in, one of the most interesting players in this draft. And might be I, I I could argue that he might be might have been the most affected by the quarantine, and that team's not getting this guy getting to see in person in these yeah. higher picks because of his hip. Yeah, but, I never thought about that. Honestly, that's a great that's a great point. Um, I think Tua, you know, I, I would have been fine with him on the Bengals. The only thing that I uh, and and like you're alluding to is is just his injury history. 
that he has not been able to stay healthy during the entirety of his career in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you take away the, the massive hip injury uh, that was so unfortunate last season, um, he has all of the tools that you want, right? Like he's got all of the intangibles that you want, the leadership things and, and, and those traits, but he's got all of the physical traits. Um, you know, maybe if you want to nitpick, he could be uh, two inches taller, but whatever, you know. Um, he may have the most talented arm in the draft. I, I think he probably does, but, uh, you know, Dolphins, um, I think, you know, we, we heard rumors of them trying to trade up to get to get Burrow, but they, they said, hey, we've still got to get one of the two better quarterbacks in this draft, and, and two is obviously uh, – I think right there with Burrow and if he's healthy, he might be a shade above Burrow. Um, yeah. I'm, I, I really like Tua. I mean, I, if his hip is good, I, I love Tua and I love the pick for Miami. I think he fits it. I think it's the leadership that they need down there. Hmm. And I'm even thinking like Christian Wilkins last year. And then you have a guy like Tua, like those are both really strong leaders. Yeah. For that locker room. Um, now here's here's the question I've been interested. Who would you pick though, to a Herbert? Because Herbert goes next. Justin Herbert from Oregon was the next quarterback, and he went to the LA Chargers. Oh, there's no doubt in my mind that I would pick Tua. Really? Uh, yeah, I would say, and and uh, I have I have not been um, that impressed with uh, with Herbert. Um, I think he's a good quarterback. He obviously is a, is a gamer, um, but I don't think that he uh, is anywhere near the same level as Tua and Burrow. Um, I think he'll be good. Uh, and I think, you know, the nice thing for him is he landed a situation where the the Chargers are, are committed to at least one year of Tyrod Taylor. But, um, you know, so he has a, a chance to kind of be um, – you know, maybe a little Carson Palmer, uh, John Kitna esque, right? Um, and uh, and and be able to learn what it looks like to be in the league before taking the reins for the Chargers. But uh, yeah, definitely, I would have taken to a. I think the Dolphins made the right pick given those two. Um, but again, like I was talking about with Andrew Thomas, I like Herbert. Um, I just don't love him, right? If I could say that. <laughs> no, that's good, and I think the hard part is, is like with quarterbacks. You, I feel like it's, I feel like with quarterbacks, it's like trying to buy clothes at the store. If you don't like it at the store, you're gonna like it less at home, and you're not gonna wear it. You know, like okay. I just, I was just yeah. thinking about that. I was like, I'll, I have bought clothes at the store, and I'm like, eh, I don't know, but I could see it. And then at home, it just sit, it might sit in my closet, and I don't wear it. If there's a court, if there's a shirt that I love. I'm going to wear it and I'm going to rock it. And even if it, you know, it's a loose analogy, but I just like that with, with all these players, but especially quarterbacks, I'm just thinking like, if he's your guy, like roll with it, own it and do it. Um, I don't like as much of the like, Oh, we'll see like in this third round, we might get this guy. We'll see if he's okay. Like that feels kind of funny to me. I'd rather you just like go all in and just try. Um, yeah, and I, I would love, you know, this is where I would love to talk to somebody in the Chargers organization and say, hey, well, you guys, given given the option, who would you really have picked, right? You know, um, because I, I very much uh, – I know they needed a new quarterback after letting Rivers go, but 
you've got to think that they also could have traded down, got more picks, um, which they didn't necessarily need. They were a pretty talented team, obviously. But, uh, you know, gotten, gotten some more impact players and, and, and maybe still gotten Herbert um, or, you know, some of the Jalen Hurts or Jordan Love, obviously, um, later in the first. Would have been really interesting to see uh, what would have happened if somebody would have tried to jump up ahead of the Panthers or the Cardinals in those in that situation and, and taken Herbert, um, you know, uh, see if 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 uh, he would have been the quarterback that we always see. You know, it feels like every year, every other year, there's one quarterback that just slides right for no discernible reason. Right. He was the guy that maybe could have been it, you know, um, but it didn't happen. So we'll never know. We won't. But I think for Herbert, I think he actually fits into a pretty good situation. I think. Like I feel, I feel like all things considered, even if, even if I'm still unsure, I, there are times when I like him and times I don't as much. But I think him with the Chargers will be really interesting um, next year. Uh, I guess keep, keep it, keeping the ball rolling. We're um, we could talk. Yeah. I feel like we could talk for so long about all these guys, but wanting to keep <laughs> it going. Um, we've got Carolina to Derek Brown, defensive tackle, Auburn. And I guess I'll kind of throw this in too. Also, just because this is on my brain, and then eight Arizona, they took Isaiah Simmons, the Clemson product, who they list as outside linebacker, who is corner safety, all all these different things. Um, center, you know, whatever. Yeah. Did you see that meme where they have that guy who's like, he's like, I, I play linebacker, wide receiver, head coach. So it's just like this guy keeps listening. Yeah, this that one. Um, well, that's Isaiah Simmons for sure. Yeah. I mean, what, what, did you, what did you think of those? Um, those well, we, we actually, um, you know, was talking with some friends uh, that are really good uh, Panthers fans, and, um, and I proposed that to them. I said, you know, would you rather have the guy on the line that um, can affect things from, from right at the point of attack, or would you rather have a guy that can clean things up um, in the second and third levels? And uh, they didn't even really – uh, land on which one they would have rather had. Um, you know, I do think Derek Brown is a, is a pretty strong impact player. You know, I said this when I said Chase Young, I think you win championships on the line. I think you, you win um, with, a, with a dominant defensive line. I think that's where everything on defense starts, um, right? You can, have, you can have mediocre corners if you've got a phenomenal line. Right. Um, because if they're going to collapse the pocket – then those corners don't have to cover very long. But even Jeff Okuda, you know, is going to give up a touchdown if you make him cover somebody for 10 seconds, you know, or whatever, whatever the, you know, it is. Um, so I, I think Derek Brown is, is a great pick. I think that the tough thing for Isaiah Simmons, and I love Isaiah Simmons. Um, I mean, he's a guy that, you know, had the Bengals traded back. Oh my gosh, I would have, I would have been, you know, all over Simmons saying, please, please get this kid. Um, but it, you don't know what he's going to play. Well, that's the joke, but yet it's the truth too. Well, you know, like, is he really going to fit as an outside linebacker? Um, is he going to need to switch to being an inside linebacker and in like a four, three system? You know, what, what is it really going to be? Um, because he is, he's so athletic, but he's a tweener. Um, right. You know, and I think probably the Panthers and, and, um, and their new head coach said, "Hey, let's let's take the guy that we really know what he's going to do, how he's going to affect things, and and um, 
you know, you even had guys like Burrow saying, hey, I had to know exactly where Derek Brown was on every single play. Uh, and so when you, when you have that, um, that's, that's a pretty, pretty strong case um, for a guy like, guy like Brown. Yeah. I think for me, when it comes down to it, I think they're both good picks. I think it's one of those things like they're both good. And when you're in this position in the top 10, you're going to get probably a good player if you've done your homework. I right. think for me, there's just factors of um, what's interesting is Clemson actually switched. They were four down linemen. They've been for a while an underventable system or defensive coordinator, but then they went to three into like a hybrid. I think partially specifically because we have guys like Simmons who can affect the play in so many ways that it gives you all these dynamic looks. And I think if a defense like he's going to Arizona, if they can figure out how to capitalize on that, it really, and then they got like guys like, I think is. Tyron Matthews still there? Or I've known they had a few players in that kind of a style. But it was, he's not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, he switched around so much it starts getting confusing. Right. But I think that's a great point um, is that the Cardinals are the one, you know, the, again, Brown and Simmons, both phenomenal players, both phenomenal talents. Um, and, and I think they both landed at the appropriate place. That's one thing that I was really, really blown away by in this, this year's draft was that so many players, you went, yeah, that guy makes sense there. I can see him being a part of that organization uh, from a cultural fit, from a, from a, you know, a schematic fit. Sure. Um, and Simmons, he, he, as a guy who doesn't really have a position, goes to an organization that has had success with guys that don't have positions. Um, they've done a really great job, especially on the defensive side of the ball, for a long time, it feels like. You know, and that's, mm-hmm. that's coaching turnover and things like that. Of, of being able to put guys that are just really great football players, really great athletes, and letting them uh, thrive and, and, and seeing success. Uh, and so, yeah, I think Simmons going there, great fit. Um, you know, uh, still, it's, it's also – I love thinking about, you know, here's this kid that was a, a two-star recruit splitting time between wide receiver and, and defensive back from Kansas – where yeah. you know, high school football cannot be that good. And, uh, and now he's, he's uh, you know, the number eight pick in the draft. Um, I love that. I love those sorts of, sorts of things. I love it. Um, I guess I, I've, I've just got one more thing, and then we can move on from Isaiah. Um, I, think, I, I think Brown fits in Carolina. I think the thing for me is I would say, is football fan-wise, I feel like, if I was going to pick a team, I would say mine's the Panthers. I grew up a few different people. Um, yeah. But the Panthers are probably the team I root for. Just I used to live in the city and just um, – that's where I would probably say. But I, you still root for – I feel like as college fans, you end up rooting for guys that you really know on other teams too. So that's why the Raiders got kind of become a joke, Clemson West, because they keep drafting Clemson players. Um, <laughs> but – I, I think the thing is, I just wish eventually that the Panthers would really draft a high Clemson player. It's starting to feel a little bit, and even they don't even really do it with South Carolina either. And I think they're really, they really push that they are Carolina, not North Carolina, they're Carolina. They're moving their, facility, their practice facilities to Rock Hill, which is just south of Charlotte into South Carolina. But we can't point to a big draft player from those fan bases support that. And it just felt like this year, I just felt it was like a wish of like, man, I'm really surprised I didn't go for a Clemson guy who fits a need. 
and it's not a reach, you know, like it fits that. And um, so it's not like this big thing, but it does start to feel like a little bit like, wait, do y'all, are y'all like not picking on some players? Like, you know, like it, it's just, it's an interesting, it's just like there could have been a, a could have like, you would have had a lot of Clemson players who would have turned into, at least they would have checked out more. Um, I think um, it's, 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 uh, it's weirdly uh, encouraging to hear uh, that because for the longest time, the Bengals and the Browns have not also drafted Ohio state players. And you kind of go, Hey, you literally got a NFL factory uh, down two hours from both of you. And, um, and you know, th- there's, there's multiple times and um, that we watched then, you know, even this year, uh, J.K. Dobbins and Malik Harrison uh, go to the Ravens. And now as Buckeye fans, we've got to watch them play against our uh, prof- you know, professional teams in Ohio a couple times a year and you know, have to cheer against guys that we have you know, been cheering for for the past couple of years. So I, I get it, man. It's, it's, uh, it is a weird thing um, from that, that fan side of things. But uh, you know, that, that just underscores how much of a business it is and, and how much these guys are – uh, is on the line, you know, for them to make picks based on, on their head, not on their heart. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> um, so I don't blame it. It just was like, man, like I'm bummed. Um, so hopefully, hopefully in the near future. Um, I guess just to finish out the, the, the top 10, um, I'll just keep announcing these. It feels like I'm announcing, re-announcing the draft. Um, Jacksonville took C.J. Henderson, who's cornerback from Florida. So he stays in the state of Florida. And then the Cleveland Browns took Jaderic Wills Jr. offensive tackle that you were talking about earlier from Alabama. Um, what do you feel like those fits are for those guys and those those teams? Henderson, I think, is a great fit. Um, you know, they they trade away Jalen Ramsey, um, and and I will say I, there was a lot of people that were starting to think and say things that you know C.J. Henderson might be uh, a better pro prospect than Okuda. I really don't believe that. And I say that from a, a, a pretty objective standpoint. Um, now I think they're, they're close. Um, but uh, I think CJ Henderson lands in a good situation. You know, it seems like the Jaguars almost always have a, a really kind of tenacious defense down there. And, mm-hmm. um, and again, fun for a guy like him to stay at home, you know, uh, opposite of what we were just talking about with the Panthers, the Bengals, the Browns, um, the Jaguars, again, select uh, a player from the Sunshine State and keep him kind of home. Um, so I think it's a good – I think it's a good good pick right there. Um, him at nine feels like a, a good fit. Um, you know, uh, you're, not, you're not overdrafting him, you're not underdrafting him, that sort of thing. And, and then obviously, you know, to move to the Browns with uh, Wills, gosh, I, I love this kid. I love his game. I think he's he's uh, really really talented, and um, and I think he's got that nasty that you want. He's got that um, adaptability that you know you maybe need, especially with the um, playing right tackle. But the plan is to to move him to left uh, since the Browns acquired Conklin in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And um, man, I, if I was the Browns, you know, turning in that card would have been so fast. Uh, watching him fall down to us at ten. Um, so yeah, they have to be ecstatic about getting him there. Yeah, I'm. I agree. I don't have much much more to say. I think you pretty summed it up pretty well. Um, it feels like both those guys kind of fit 
the personality of both those teams and needs that were there. So I say, I say, I feel great about that. Um, uh, we've got the Jets uh, at 11. They took McKeel Becton, offensive tackle, Louisville. Let me read you. I wrote this down just so I can make sure I get this right. Um, McKeel Becton, uh, 11 starts, no sacks allowed. He is 6'7", 364 pounds. He's enormous. That's a large human being. He uh, also ran, what was it, the fastest 40 time at the combine uh, for somebody over – 300 pounds or 325 or something like that. I mean, it was – dude was moving. He ran like a 5'1 or something like that. Um, it's scary. Like how – like that large of a person can can fly. Yeah, shouldn't shouldn't be a thing. Shouldn't be a thing. But, you know, uh, again, man, super, super upside, super potential here. Um, you know, and, and you've got to continue to put pieces in place to protect Sam Darnold. Uh, and uh, and be able to, to protect your your investment there, um, and and I, I definitely would have taken this guy over uh, even Andrew Thomas. Um, again, I like Andrew Thomas as a player of the Giants guy, but it'll be really interesting to watch both these offensive tackles both playing in uh, New York and to see where their uh, careers go. You know, I think you'll be able to compare these two uh, pretty 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 evenly throughout their careers but i wouldn't be surprised if becton has the better career uh than thomas yeah no i i mean he is a physical specimen i think he can fit really well the one um the one question i do and also i think it's great that jets attack this need because they didn't have a great run game either Mm -hmm. um the one thing is almost i do wonder sometimes when you're and i've played offensive line i'm six eight um for those listening, it's not always easy to get lower as you think it is when you're that tall. So even though NFL guys are taller, the le- it's a leverage game, right? And so I, I'm just I, – I, that is my one thing of like sometimes – it feels funny asking is like, are we too big? Like is he – like I think that can – he has to learn how to, to really like use his feet to get the leverage. Um, and that's, that's what I'd be interested to see um, from him. Um, and then we've got uh, – it's still weird calling the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I'm not sure I'll ever get used to that one. I don't know if I'll get used to it. Um, or Clemson West, as we fondly refer to them in the Palmetto State. Um, they took Henry Ruggs III, wide receiver Alabama. So we have our first wide receiver off the board, and it is Ruggs, not Lamb, not Judy, not Jefferson or Higgins. It's Henry Ruggs, who is very good in his own right, but not – incredible, can score from – anywhere on the field but let me ask you this nick doesn't it feel like al davis made this pick oh it does it it, it is definitely <laughs> like it has a feel of like we're gonna take a different guy we're gonna take our own guy um we're gonna take just some guy that runs really really fast um rem- reminds me back in the day um they took jacoby ford uh from clemson who is if you're and not as a Clemson fan, he was he was super fast for us. He was there with CJ Spiller. He was a track star, and he also went to the Raiders. It just has that similar kind of feel. But I think um, I think Ruggs is better. Um, yeah, I think Ruggs is a phenomenal wide receiver. I think he's incredibly talented. Uh, but you pointed it out. You're right. I would have taken uh, Judy and I would have taken uh, CD Lamb over Henry Ruggs. Um, but again. 
in the right system. A guy like Ruggs, I mean, he, he's dangerous from everywhere on the field, and mm-hmm. you have to account for that. You know, we've seen that with, with Tyreek Hill. And we've seen that with other players like that, that you just have to account for them, and, uh, and that's Ruggs. So now the Raiders and Derek Carr have a weapon they can deploy in many different fashions uh, that you always have to account for. Yeah. No, I, I like it. I just want to leave one stat as I was looking some of these up, and I'm sure you might have seen this already, but they um, – Ruggs in his career has 98 receptions. 24 of them went for touchdowns. Let me repeat. 24 out of 98 receptions in his career went for a touchdown. That's almost a quarter of the time. So once every four times he catches the ball, he is going to score a touchdown. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, so I, they have a weapon, and I think if they can use him – Go for it. Um, now we can move on to uh, the Fighting Toms in uh, Tampa Bay. Right. We've got uh, they take Tristan Wirfs, offensive tackle, Iowa. Um, what's your What's your quick thoughts on that? Well, you can't go wrong taking an offensive lineman from Iowa. Right? No. Like that's, <laughs> there's, you know, that's one of those things that are guarantees in life: death, taxes. And Wisconsin and Iowa uh, offensive linemen, right? Like those are, if you're going to draft any offensive linemen, make them from Wisconsin, make them from Iowa. Yeah. But uh, so I think Wurfs is great. Um, you know, I think I would have him kind of tied uh, with Becton. It's just that Wurfs probably has a little bit uh, actual more uh, polish to him than, you know, than Becton. So um, I, I agree. Yeah. Ultimately, I think a lot of these offensive tackles were very, very close uh, in terms of, how I would evaluate them. And, and, um, and so, you know, I think, I think the interesting thing here, right. Is like that um, somehow San Francisco and Tampa Bay, uh, they pulled off a trade where they swapped first round picks and the Niners, um, you know, ended up getting, uh, you know, another pick out of this that they then used to, to move back up in the, in the first round. We can talk about that one later. Um, but it was a funny trade, uh, you know, at that time to see the, the, that happen. And then the, the, the Buccaneers take, uh, an offensive tackle. Um, but obviously you've got to make sure that Tom Brady plays until he's 50. So, you know, you gotta take a guy like worse. I mean, any man that can jump standing still being six, five, three twenty out of a pool standing on his feet, I think. That's that was just, that's all I pretty much know about Worse is that he's offensive lineman and he can do that. So I think that was one of the craziest things I think I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I if you if you can see that video, it's incredible. Just I, that that's all I can say with that. I agree though. I think you got to protect Tom. Um, yeah, yeah. He's, so great he's pick, great. solid pick. Uh, I think he'll 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 do very well down there. Mm-hmm. And then um, fourteen San Francisco 49ers take. Uh, Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle, South Carolina. Um, his story, I actually would say his is one of those stories I'm glad that they emphasized. It was yes. really cool. And I knew some of it just from being a little bit from the area, but it was just really cool just seeing him getting picked and just seeing his story and getting to, I think just nights like nights like that night, I think just are also good reminders of like what this means for these guys and like how it can just posit- positively change their life. Um, so what do you think of him from like a, just a, from a football standpoint? Though? Oh, just from a football standpoint, I'm really, really impressed with this kid. And, uh, and I think, 
you know, um, in some ways he, he reminds me of a, a larger um, Melvin Ingram, you know, just in terms of just an athletic freak there, um, both obviously from, from South Carolina too. But, um, yeah, no, I think you, know, you pair him with Nick Bosa and on that defense, gosh, that, that just continues to keep the San Francisco 49ers as favorites in the NFC. Um, I think that's, that's a great, great pick for them. And, um, you know, he is, he's a little bit more raw and, and he still is developing. Um, so he's going to have a bit of a learning curve for sure. But uh, I think he landed again, you know, we, we continue to talk about it, but he landed in a really, really great spot um, and in a great situation. So I think the, I think the Niners made a good pick here. Um, I almost want to reserve a little bit of judgment, though, because I do feel like him, uh, like Becton, um, you know, a little bit more raw, uh, and and they've got some some learning, some polishing to do. You know. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I think that's with all of these. Of course, it, it it's a we have to kind of wait and see. And of course, when they judge these, it's like immediate reaction. But then you do have to like kind of wait and see like what will happen in the future with them. But I, I, I like the pick. I think it's a good solid pick for them. Um, then we've got another Alabama wide receiver. We've got Jerry Judy, um, or judge Judy, as they like to say, uh, going, going to Denver. Um, I love this pick for Denver. I honestly, I'm, I'm high on Judy. I, I mean, I've had to, our teams had to face him a few times, but Judy's good. And I think he's going to translate and going to Denver. Um, I, I love this pick. What do, you, what do you think about him there? Yeah, I completely agree. I think he is um, a great receiver. He's a great uh, skill. He does everything well on a football field. Um, and, uh, and the Broncos, you know, they know that, that, that you've got to have the arms. I mean, it's an arms race, you know, and, and they have to face the Kansas City Chiefs twice a year with all of the speed that the Chiefs continue to put on the field. And the Broncos address that. You know, they got Judy here. They got K.J. Hamler in the second round, uh, speed merchant out of Penn State. And so I think you put those two guys on the field and you've got a potential to score through the air constantly. Um, and uh, so, yeah, no, I love this pick. I love uh, the pick of Judy here. Again, I maybe would have taken him over Ruggs. Um, but, uh, but I think the Broncos, um, phenomenal pick here. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I, I agree. I think we can keep going up. Um, I guess we, we can wrap up. Um, there's, there's so many players we want to talk about. Uh, we can kind of end it here at 16, just cause it's right at the halfway point. We're getting to the hour mark guys. And so, um, don't, don't want to make too long of one episode. So what, um, we'll, we'll end up making a second episode just so we can keep talking about it. Um, but we'll finish up here with Atlanta at 16. Um, they've got the new unis, the ATL unis, and they pick um, one of my guys, AJ Terrell, cornerback from Clemson. Um, I like Terrell, but I, I wasn't as sure at first about this, but I feel a little bit better about it being after the fact. What do you think about Terrell going to the Falcons? Well, I'm interested to hear what has made you change uh, after the fact because um, – Man, this is uh, – you're not going to like this. Uh, I don't think this is a good pick at all. Um, this is one of the couple picks in the first round that I, I did not agree with. Um, it felt like the Falcons um, had a bit of a, a panic moment here. Um, 
and and grab AJ AJ Terrell. Now again, obviously we don't sit in the, these war rooms. We don't do all the scouting. We don't do all the interviews, right? We're not at the combine, those sorts of things. Um, and so there was a reason that they picked AJ Terrell when you still had guys like Jeff Gladney and um, the kid from Auburn and Christian Fulton and, and sure. a lot of other corners on the, on the board that yeah. were also very talented corners. Um, so, you know, I think there was a, it, it feels a little bit though, like the Falcons um, maybe it's positionally made a, um, a panic grab here um, and, and, and snagged AJ Terrell. I think he's a good player. Um, I think he probably fit better in the 22 to 32 range uh, than at 16. Um, so I think it was a little bit of an overdraft, but again, he's a good player. He, he obviously played well uh, for the Tigers and, um, and usually did a phenomenal job shutting down one half of the field. Um, and uh, you know, for, for, for your listeners, uh, you know, I'm, I'm married to a tiger. And so I watch uh, about as much Clemson football as Ohio state football. And, uh, and so I've watched Terrell for the past few years and I do really like him. I've always thought he was a good player, um, but I, I don't love this pick. Yeah. I, I, it, it felt, I think you're right. It did feel like a little bit of a stretch. I think it's um, one of those situations where this team has this, has a need, a glaring need. They have dipped into the Clemson well before. They've gotten Grady Jarrett defensive tackle, Vic Beasley um, defensive line. And so they've dipped into that well before. It's, it's a little more local being over a couple hours away. I think Terrell's a good player. I think Terrell – the, he, he worked really well in Clemson's system because Clemson blitzes a lot and puts a lot of pressure on the quarterback. He's able to play tight coverage. I think right. if it shows, he does have a little bit of a weakness in more of the space in the sense of like if you've got – I mean, LSU was able to do a lot of space, and I don't think that fits him as well. So I think my hope is that he can just basically develop and just be it, – it's, it's a fit with all these things. And so I think that he can fit into it, and I'm just hoping – that after the draft stuff kind of dies down, that they can kind of see that a little bit more. And it, but it, d- it did feel a little bit of a reach if they needed a corner, and so they went with what they knew was in front of them. Um, I like Terrell, but I think, um, obviously, it, it you have to kind of play to his – with all these guys, you have to, you have to play to their strengths more than um, – otherwise, their weaknesses can kind of be more glaring, you know, if they're not set up well. So I think that's, that's the thing I – what I'm kind of leaning towards is, is if he can get set up well to keep going into it. Cause he can make plays. I mean, he, yeah. too, you know, like he, he can make the plays, but I think you're right. He doesn't always, if he can, if he gets beat on like the, the double move, then their guys are open. But if he can play press, he, he can be really good. And I think what you said there, you know, about um, the, the style of defense uh, that, that Clemson played with, with high pressure from the line, um, you know, and, and, and putting a lot of pressure on the quarterback quickly, causing him to make a decision. Um, you know, Terrell didn't have to cover as much in space, and you're right. When he did, um, you know, you, you, against, against what, was, what is a fleet of NFL receivers at LSU, um, you know, I mean, good Lord, those guys, along with obviously the Alabama receivers, mm-hmm. uh, just – 
a phenomenal collection of talent. But, um, you know, it will be interesting to see if all of a sudden that was, you know, the best offense that the Terrell has ever played against. And, um, and if we're going to see more of that as his career goes on, I, I, for his sake, uh, I hope not. Um, but, uh, but I think, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. Um, just if he can play and learn to play in space a little bit better, he's going to have to cover a little bit longer. Um, you know, I, uh, I would be interested to know what um, the Falcons, you know, uh, the quarterback pressure stats were from this past year. I don't have those in front of me, but um, you know, if they're a high pressure team or not, and, and if he thinks he can uh, play in that system. So. Yeah, no, no, I agree. Um, so, all right, guys. Well, that'll probably wrap it up for this first episode. Thanks for, for listening. And we um, can dive into more of the draft at another time. Um, but like with all these things, you can do deep dives and all these guys. I mean, it, it can fly by. Chad and I were joking about how just time can fly by on these things. So um, well, we really appreciate you listening. Uh, Chad, thanks so much for being on. This was really fun. Thank you for having me. I love this. This is great. I love it. Um, Chad's rocking. We're um, doing a little zoom call as they, suggest to do now and um he blew my mind and that you didn't uh, that he can he was just showing me he has ohio state as his background right now so that's been pretty fun to to watch i need to step up my game i know you guys can't see this but i'm, I'm gonna set my game next time for this um i hope so yeah <laughs> so, yeah so um thanks for listening uh, remember just to like subscribe review let let um friends know if if uh, you like the podcast, share with them. Reviews are, are big for us because they help spread the word and um, tell us what you like. If you agree with these picks, if you have different takes or you have taken different guys, definitely let us know so we can talk about it. Um, so anyway, thanks for listening, guys. And for now, we are signing off.